Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Pastor Bill Johnson. And he's talking to us about how Jesus slept through the storm because basically he had the kingdom of God inside of him and that you can sleep through any storm that you have authority over. And this is an awesome message because he's talking about renewing your mind and making it like Christ's basically and and living from a perspective that God has instead of the perspective of the world. And this is exactly what God has been showing me so much lately about living above your situation, not living in the midst of it, not walking by faith, but I mean, sorry, not walking by sight, but by, but walking by faith, walking by the faith in the power of God that's inside of you, walking above the situation, not allowing the things of the earth, like the storms that are going on to affect your heart, your life, or anything else that's going on, but instead to get up and speak to the storm and cause it to go away. So this is an awesome message. I hope it encourages you. Here's Bill. Lord, the Lord by nature has designed us to be transformational people. He made this statement in Romans 12, verse 2. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed, metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. My personal belief is that the greatest instrument or tool to display the miracles, the signs, the wonders is actually through the renewed mind because the renewed mind is able to prove the will of God. And when Jesus taught us about the will of God, he did so when he modeled a prayer for us. We often call the prayer the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually not his prayer because in it is the confession of sin and he had no sin. But he taught us to pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can take that as a symbolic summary of the will of God on earth. It's the backbone for your commission. It's the backbone for our assignment. What we do while we're still breathing air, while we're still living on this earth, we have an assignment. And that assignment is to see the reality of his will manifest, realized, tasted uh, in this life by everybody around us under our influence. It's the privilege that the Lord has given us. And so here he's given us this opportunity for a renewed mind. And I personally think that the Lord is working on the area of our renewed mind every single day of our life. He's constantly trying to get me to see from his perspective. When I see from my perspective, I'm overwhelmed. I'm intimidated. I'm fearful. When I see from his perspective, I feel the honor of being a co-laborer with the Almighty God to see his purposes accomplished in the earth. And so he gives us this verse, and he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We cry out frequently, especially in recent years. It's become a, a primary theme, and rightly so. We've been praying for the transformation of cities. We've been praying for the transformation of nations. We have learned to burn in our heart of passion to see culture shifted and changed, fueled with the purposes of God, uh, shaped by the actual identity of God. And while this transformation has taken on fresh 
fervor and passion in our hearts, we don't always understand how that comes about. And it's basically like this. You and I are transformed according to our mind being transformed. I am changed by the transformation of my own mind. And transformed people transform cities. If you want to see your city transform, then we've got to see things the way he sees them. Because sometimes he does things so completely differently. For example, there's a time where Jesus is sleeping in a boat. It's in the Gospel of Mark. He's sleeping in a boat. The disciples wake him. It's one of my favorite stories. They wake him up and they ask the Savior of the world, don't you care that we're perishing? Which is a great question to ask the Savior of the world. And Jesus gets up and uh, they uh, tell him that they are in a life-threatening situation. He, of course, turns to the storm, rebukes it, and releases peace over the storm, and everything calms down. It's a beautiful story, but what is it really portraying? There are several things that stand out in this story to me. Number one, he was sleeping. I've heard people say, <laughs> I've heard people say he wasn't really sleeping. He was laying there waiting for the disciples to come and get him. I don't believe that because the Bible says he was sleeping. I, I have a habit of believing the whole book. I believe the leather cover. I believe the table of contents. I believe the maps. I mean, I'm into the whole thing. So if it says he's sleeping, he's sleeping. So then you've got to find out why he's sleeping. So I've heard people say, well, he's sleeping because he was exhausted. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have the sense that he was sleeping because the world he dwells in has no storms. It was modeling what you and I would have the opportunity to do, and that is to abide in Christ, being seated in heavenly places, living from his dominion towards the affairs of life, towards the difficulties, towards the broken situations. So here's Jesus modeling something for us that would become a model for absolutely every day of the rest of our life. It wasn't a simple storm. He's actually teaching us how you do life. And so he turns to the storm and he calms the storm. He rebukes the wind. Whenever Jesus rebukes a wind, and by the way, we've had hurricanes of late, and I don't know, the church just has a habit of giving God credit for all the bad stuff. <clears throat> Every storm Jesus ran into, he calmed. <clears throat> Let me... Let me get a drink of water. I may need some refreshing here as I tackle this very difficult subject. If Jesus rebuked a storm, it was because there, were up, there was a power in the storm that was not from the Father. If it was sent from the Father, then you have a divided house because you have the Son warring against the Father. You can't celebrate what Jesus does and then fail to do it when you're given the opportunity. That's religious modeling. We, we don't change. We just appreciate as though we are applauding. We are observing. We are, we are spectators in the grand sport of God's activities. When in fact, he's called us by his name. He's given us his resurrection power. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead has taken up residence in us and he wants out. He wants to flow in and through us to alter and to shape the situations around us. And we're on a steep learning curve. I get it. It doesn't always work, but it doesn't mean it wasn't supposed to. 
You know, I don't have the right to change the call to what I'm good at. I don't have the right to change the call to what I'm good at. I'm trying to find somebody who's awake. I'm, te I'm teasing you, I'm teasing. I don't have the right to lower the standard of Scripture to my measure of breakthrough. I don't have the right. I don't have the right. I may never reach what I see, but I don't have the right to change it. I have to spend the rest of my days pursuing the example that Jesus gave. It's amazing how much trouble you can get into when you try to be like Jesus. They don't mind you selling your goods and giving it to the poor, just don't mention power. It's time we confront some of these standards that have been, you know, they've been held up by traditions and failures and disappointments. And, you know, Jesus not healing today is the great place to hide when you faced a disappointment. But it's eternally frustrating because you were born for something significant. We were born to see the breakthroughs of the king and his kingdom in our everyday life. So Jesus, in this great story... He turns and he rebukes the wind because there was a power in the wind that was not from the Father. And then it said he spoke peace. It's interesting to me that he could sleep in a storm and then the peace that was in him, he was able to give to the storm. You have authority over any storm you can sleep in. You protect your peace and minister from there. Jesus released peace and the storm settled. But the part that brings such conviction and challenge into my life is at the end of the story, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, how come we don't have any faith? Walk through the story with me. The disciples come to Jesus. Who's Jesus? He's God. They bring a problem. What do we call that? Prayer. Are you with me so far? It's, it's not a complicated example. I think you can <laughs> think we can get this one together. So they bring a request to God, and God answers the prayer, and then says, how come you don't have any faith? It's a profound illustration on how there are times God does not want to do something for us. He wants to do something through us. See, the renewed mind sees the moments, captures the moments, and realizes this just isn't about fixing a problem. It's about engaging us in the journey of discovering the purposes of God working in and through us. It's not about displaying our significance. It's about displaying the significance of the resurrection power of Jesus because every miracle testifies of the resurrection. Every miracle proclaims he is alive. It defies logic. It reverses the effects of disease and affliction and sickness. I, I tell you what you're going to see happen more and more and more is during worship you're going to see and hear of extraordinary miracles. That was Bill Johnson, and you can find it on YouTube if you search under Bill Johnson, Your Authority to Sleep Through the Storm. You can also find out more information about him at bjm.org. 
I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.